With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you were in the city at a business conference, a large convention. Thousands of people are here at this conference. It's the first day. There's crowds of people everywhere. You've waded through those crowds and made it up to your room. You've just checked in. You rush to the bathroom. You've been holding it the whole time. You were waiting in line to check in. That's when you start to hear the noise. Loud and repetitive. Coming in bursts. And then. You start to hear the screaming. Because you are. A man of God. And a warrior. You know you can't stand idly by while somebody takes the life of your neighbors. Now, you're a a gunfighter. You have your everyday carry gun on you. You have your EDC, whatever your carry gun is, your knife. But you wanted to be a little bit extra prepared for this. Knowing that there was going to be a lot of people and you were going to be away from home. You know something has to be done. You look over to the corner with all your luggage to a discreet navy blue duffel bag. You pack a little bit more firepower. You walk over, reach in, and grab. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. What gun you're going to grab. I hope you like that little bit of a different intro. If you do like those kind of scenarios, let me know. I may do those more often. Just want to say thanks for listening to Gunfighter Life. Hopefully, welcome back. Hopefully, you've listened before. If you do like, don't forget to scroll down, hit some stars, make sure you're subscribed, and that little square with the arrow button. Feel free to send this to anybody you think might enjoy it or benefit from it. With that, I will put in the bio, and then we'll get back to it in the body of the episode. Who am I? A question we should all ask ourselves. I am, first and foremost, a servant of God made in his very own image, a follower of Jesus Christ, a simple man called by God to the Great Commission to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Next, a little bit about my background and what God has allowed me to do and blessed me to do in life. Grew up what most would consider very poor in the backwoods of the southeastern and mid-Atlantic United States. Hunting and fishing. Joined the Marine Corps at 17. Did a couple of combat tours in Iraq. So a decorated Marine Corps combat veteran. Infantry assaultmen. After the combat tours, I was an urban warfare instructor for the United States Marine Corps under Mojave Viper. 
I also served in the U.S. Army, both full-time and part-time National Guard. Also a veteran of law enforcement, I served with LAPD. I was a sworn peace officer, a cop for LAPD. I worked regular patrol assignments and more specialized assignments. One of those more specialized assignments was warrant service, fugitive recovery. Also had some other law enforcement roles. I am an FBI certified firearms instructor and been certified by another three-letter government agency in a lot of firearms and training things. I've also been a private contractor, worked in the private sector, pertaining to tactics and gunfighting and protecting America from enemies foreign and domestic. I served as the commander of a tactical team to stop active shooters in a large metropolitan area. That was our primary mission, to stop active shooters, which sadly are a thing in America today. I've also been blessed to do quite a bit of competition shooting. Started my first formal competitions even before joining the Marine Corps at 17. I had one more shooting competitions than I can remember. I have competed in all manner of disciplines in shooting, been blessed to be a state rifle and pistol champion, West Coast regional champion. Like I said, been blessed to win more shooting competitions than I can remember. Mentioned hunting, I've hunted to put meat on the table starting when I was a child. I've also been a professional big game hunter and guide, hunting and slaying all manner of beast. And I don't apologize for that. Humbled to be the host of three podcasts. Simple Man Sermons, Alpha Male Podcast, and Gumfighter Life. Obviously, as things not mentioned, I've been blessed to do many other things. But, again, first and foremost, I'm a servant. A servant of God, a believer and follower of the Bible, the Word, Jesus Christ. And I don't apologize for that. With that, Let's transition into today's topic. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about duffel bag guns. Now, we just recently did an episode on laptop bag guns. So, you may want to go back and give that a listen. But I got some flack, some pushback on that. People saying, oh, you should put this in there, you should put that in there. And remember, it's a laptop bag gun. It's meant to be carried with you in your suit and your business casual outfit. It's meant to be discreet. If it looks like your laptop bag swallowed a transformer, people aren't going to assume there's a laptop in there. That's why I was very limiting in what I was willing to say was a laptop bag gun. A lot of people immediately wanted to jump you know, to bigger and heavier and whatever they could physically shove in a laptop bag. But again, you're not going to be very discreet like that. Those bigger guns, those even a step up from firepower. That's what we're going to talk about today in this episode, duffel bag guns. For that scenario where you are traveling, where you're going to be staying in a hotel, where you're going on a road trip, you're going to be staying at an Airbnb or 
whatever the case may be. You want some more firepower, you're away from home. Your everyday carry, your CCW handgun is good, but a pistol is is a stopgap measure. It's not as good as other options. When you want more firepower, you want longer range, you want more power. That is what this episode is going to be about. Your duffel bag gun. Where you have a little bit more space. You can't carry a full-sized M14 or Springfield M1A. You know, that's still a little bit outside the scope of this. But you have a lot of options. Now, we left off, and I guess where the overlap would be, we talked about those micro kits. The Roni is kind of the, maybe not the first one, but the first one that became really popular. So, the kind of pistol kits that give you a little bit more firepower than your traditional pistol. Whether they have a pistol brace on there, or whether you actually go through the work to get an SBR, which you're probably not, because if you didn't know, you have to notify the ATF if you're traveling. And that would be a pain in the butt if you're doing like a multi-state traveling thing and you're bringing a duffel bag. It's probably not going to have an SBR in there. Just beca- Not because they're not practical, they're super practical, just because of regulations make them kind of a pain in the butt. That's kind of your overlap, those kits that turn your 320 or your Glock into something with a little bit more firepower with a good, decently sized, good field of view optic, something to put into your shoulder, something like that. That'd be your overlap. That'd be fine in a duffel bag. But you go quite a bit bigger for this. Some of your classic ones I could think of would be like your, something like your pistol braced mini Draco AKs. Kind of what you think of the old school classic Krinkov. The short AK-74. You know, with a pistol brace. So it's legal and you can travel with it. That's a lot of firepower. That's a lot. And it would easily fit into a duffel bag. And it's not crazy heavy. And obviously more common today in America is going to be the short pistol braced AR configuration. Now, the standard of this is going to be in 5.56. We're talking... I really like the 11.5 barrel... I really like that more than the going shorter than that. I'd stay with that length if I was going 5.56 five, and direct impingement. If you're going piston or other things like that, it doesn't really apply as much. But just say one of your most common, you're going to go 5.56, five, pistol braced. If you want to be super transformer cool, you go you know folding collapsible stock. Pistol brace 11.5 AR. Easily fits in a duffel bag. If you have any kind of training with an AR, you know, as a soldier, as a Marine, as anything like that, or you shoot competition or anything like that, all the ergonomics, all that's going to carry over. It's a small, compact package. You got your red dot mounted on it. That's great. Some variations of that. This would be a situation where, you know, 300 blackout. I'm not a giant fan of the caliber, but for this, it would be just as good or better. Again, if you're trying to save space, probably not having a can on it. That just makes it longer and kind of negates the 11, 10, 11 inch barrel. I could be wrong, but just the 300 blackout has a lot of merits on its own. It's a decent caliber, and if you're cutting down the barrel, you lose a lot of that high velocity terminal performance that you'd get in a 5.56. 
So for that, 300 blackout was a fine choice. And those are probably going to be your more common, and there's a lot of other Gucci calibers. Maybe one's your favorite. Insert whatever caliber you want here. But whatever that 10.5, 11.5 inch pistol braced AR is would be a fantastic choice. You don't have to go crazy with it. A decent sling. It doesn't have to be expensive, but a decent one or two point sling for this would be fine. A white light, because you don't know what time, day or night it's going to be. You don't know if the power is going to be out. A good white light and a good optic. I don't care if you go LPVO, but for this, probably a red dot. I like LPVOs. It's good for positive identification, good for a lot of things, and I would not fault you for it. But for this, I'd probably just go red dot. Good for a fast sight picture. They're good for shooting on the move. They are accurate when you don't have, let's say, that perfect head position, body position, like you sometimes need with iron sights. I'd have backup iron sights for sure in case something happened. That's the time I go to grab my optic and go, guess what, the batteries are dead. Or whatever. I would have backup irons, but a good red dot on this makes a lot of sense. About another option here. The pistol caliber carbine. And not like the Roni kits we talked about. Again, we already talked about those. That's a good crossover between your laptop bag and this bag. They would be a good choice. And if you already have one, it would be a good choice to put in here. But if you're looking specifically for this, why not go with a dedicated true pistol caliber? How about your MP5, your classic MP5 or whatever the semi-auto version you can get from HK is now? The SP5. That easily fits in a duffel bag. That's a lot of firepower on a very proven, very robust platform. You got your 9mm caliber, which has all the advantages of all the good ammo selection and ammo choices that you have. So many of you may get analysis paralysis just looking and trying to pick an ammo for it. But the MP5, SP5, or any of the decent clones, I'm sure. I'm not really an expert in all the different clones of the MP5. I'm sure some are better than others. I'm sure some are very good. I know the MP5, the HK, and the SP5, they're proven platforms. One of those would easily fit in a duffel bag. They are not so heavy, you know, that it looks like you're smuggling cinder blocks checking into a hotel. Nobody's going to bat an eye if you had an MP5 in a duffel bag. You talk about, like, in stopping an active shooter, that kind of CQB anti-terrorism close quarters urban environment that's kind of what the mp5 was made for that's kind of its bread and butter and if you don't want to go that route you could build your own like we talked about with the ar-15 those are super popular nowadays an ar-15 pistol caliber carbine now you probably don't want the full 16 inch barrel because it's a duffel bag gun so you're gonna have to go pistol brace but the good thing about that is there are a lot of different designs They may or may not use a buffer tube like your traditional AR, so you may or may not be able to get easier options for a folding stock, which makes it even smaller and handier. It's not super hard to open a folding stock. Probably do it while you're getting the sling on or whatever. So again, those pistol caliber carbines. Make your own AR conversion or an MP5 derivative or the SIG, I believe MPX. I've never owned one of those personally, but from what I understand, they're quite good guns and would fit this role rather well. Just like with a pistol, 9mm is probably where most of us are going to go with this, but you could go 45, and there'd be a lot of merit to that. 
dealing with a lot bigger platform. So, you know, you're not talking about a substantially large percentage points go jump up and recoil as much as you would be with a handgun because the platform is much bigger. So that gun is going to take a lot more of that recoil and depending on the platform. But this might be a place where 45 makes a lot of sense or maybe even another caliber, you know, and suit your Gucci caliber here. I know somebody that's a big fan of the Sub-2000. The Keltec Sub-2000. This is kind of an iconic role for that. You fold it, it folds, you shove it in a bag, it's light, it's a shoulder-fired weapon at this point. Gonna give most people a lot better range than they would have with a pistol. Throw that, you know, 33-round Glock mag in there. And a light, handy sling. It's gonna weigh very little probably don't even need a dedicated duffel bag for this you could probably throw it in with your you know your gym clothes duffel bag and it's quite a big step up in firepower should you need it and you know i'm not a big fan of the 40 but that's usually default when i said i'm talking about a pistol when you put a lot of 40 caliber to a pcc when you get a longer barrel not in all situations but the vast majority you get quite a big step up in firepower. And look at the ballistics on a 40 out of a PCC. It's very akin to 10 millimeter out of a handgun. So it's not a slouch. But the Keltec Sub 2K in this role, or an AR PCC, or like we talked about, the MP5, you kind of get into this weird quandary depending on your barrel length. You know, there's really no argument that. 5.56 out of a 20-inch M16 is better terminal performance than a 9mm out of a pistol. Let's say you have a 10-inch barrel. You're gaining what you normally would get by quite a bit over your standard, let's say, 4 and something inch handgun barrel. You know, what does a Glock 19 have? A 4-inch, four 4-ish four inch barrel? You're gaining quite a bit of velocity on that. You're probably more than doubling your barrel length, getting more velocity, better terminal performance, usually. And if you're cutting it down to a 10-inch barrel, or a 10.5 is pretty popular, you're almost literally cutting in half your barrel length for the 5.56. So you start having to juggle here. You know, do I want this or do I want that? Do I want a super hot, even better than in a handgun 9mm, or do I want a 50% neutered 5.56? And that's a question you have to ask for yourself. That That's a legit question. Ammo selection for this as, is as important as your gun, your firearm selection. So with that being said, let's talk about that. It's not where I was planning on going yet, but let's talk about it. You didn't sign the Hague Convention. You don't need, nor should you, be running full metal jackets for most scenarios in this. So let's talk about the 5.56 because it's pretty common. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're probably going to be using soft point or hollow point ammo. Most of that is going to be designed around your 
M4-ish, because that's the most popular, 16-inch barrel. If you're running a 10-inch barrel, this makes a huge difference. I started running an AR with a shorter barrel as a professional gunfighter, and I often did it in a bag like this. This is not hypothetical for me. I, I've done this in real life. That's why the guys that are like, oh, you should put something bigger in here, something bigger in here, until you have to carry it for 12 hours and be discreet. Then maybe not. But I've done this, and I've looked at it. I'm not going to tell you what ammo to pick, but I'm going to tell you it's not so easy as to just throw whatever you want in the gun. When you start getting into your 10, 11 inch ARs, you really have to look at your ammo selection. You want expanding ammo for the vast majority of tasks. And is that ammo going to expand at that threshold of velocity, whatever that is for your gun, 10, 5, 11, 5? I'm not a big fan of going shorter than 10. I'm not a big fan of going shorter than 11, 5. I'd much rather deal with the extra inch of barrel and get the benefits. But if you're going even shorter than that, it applies even more. Is that ammo going to expand out of a 10-inch barrel at the muzzle, let alone at 50 or 100 yards? You're probably not running the same ammo in this as you're running in your go-to M4. It just happens to coincidentally to work well in that gun. Now, most 300 Blackout, I think, is designed for shorter barrels, but you still have to make sure that you do your research and it's likely that that ammo is going to expand out of that barrel length. Now what about the 9? With the 9 you have the opposite problem. So expansion and penetration have this kind of conflicting relationship. If you increase the diameter of a projectile, which will happen when it expands, you decrease its ability to penetrate, you know, with everything else being equal. A lot of handgun projectiles are going to be designed to be fired out of that, you know, Glock 19, because that's probably one of the most common barrel length, that four to five inch barrel length. That's kind of your go-to for what most ammunition manufacturers are designing that ammo to expand at. Now, if you put that in a 10, 11 inch barrel, you're getting a large, large jump in velocity. I think, oh, that's great. And it may be great unless it causes your ammunition to expand very rapidly and hence give not adequate penetration. If the ammunition expands a lot, like that beautiful mushroom, it gets super, you know, mushroomed out, but it does it all in the first three or four inches because it's going so fast, probably not the ammo that you want because, again, you want both. You want a balance. You want to ride that line between penetration and expansion. So you run into the opposite problem here where the ammunition is going to be more powerful than it generally is, more velocity. You're not losing velocity in the 9 in a PCC, you're gaining it. And some hollow points deal with this much better than others. Some hollow points are very finicky on the velocity they have to be, and some expand very well at higher velocities, at lower velocities. Again, you can't just pick because your local law enforcement likes whatever brand and that's what they run. You're on a whole different world running in the PCC. So... I always encourage you guys to do your research, especially when it comes to concealed carry ammo, but also for this because you're getting outside the norm. So you really have to do your due diligence here on ammo selection. So, you know, you've chosen your gun. You've got it in your good quality, well-made but discreet duffel bag. You've gotten your good ammo selection. You've got your good dope, your guns, you know, battle site zero, 50 meters got a good quality red dot on there with backup 
iron sights that are co-witnessed. So you know if anything goes wrong. Got your good solid white light mounted on there and your good solid you know, one point or two point sling on there. You're probably going to have a few spare mags in that bag. This is a case where I really think bandoliers come in handy. There's a lot of good cheap military surplus bandoliers if you're running an AR type gun that take AR mags. And if you're running an AK, they take AK type mags. But the standard one I'm familiar with that I used in Iraq and I've used since then, actually keep one generally hanging behind the driver's seat of my car with AR mags. Just a three mag bandolier. And you literally just grab it and throw it around your shoulder. And there, you know, you have, I would say 90 rounds, but most pros don't load their mags 30 rounds. They load them to 28 or whatever you want to load them to, 27, 29, I don't care. But you grab your gun, you already have a light on it. You throw your sling on, you throw your bandolier on. Depending on how heavy you want to get in your duffel bag, you may or may not want to put some body armor in there. And that's a whole nother show episode. So we're not going to get too far into that. But that would not be outside the realm of something to keep in this bag. And this is for if stuff really gets bad. And we live in a world where that can rapidly happen. I think a lot of people's eyes have been open in the last few years. Can't just call 911 and expect somebody else to fix your problems. It may take too long. You may have to fix your own problems or help other people that are in need. I want to transition quickly by talking about some guns we may not think about in this role. A lot of guns that disassemble very quickly and can be put together very quickly. You know, your AR has takedown pins. If you, let's say you don't have a ton of money to have a ton of different specialized ARs. You have your one go-to 16-inch carbine. That's great. Say it won't fit in a duffel bag. We'll take those pins out. Now it probably will fit in a duffel bag. Throw a good clean sock on the back of it so your BCG and stuff doesn't get dirty and come out. A little pro tip there. Make sure the duffel bag's clean. Don't throw it in an old sandy, you know, beach bag or something. Throw it in your bag, and if you really need to, it's not ideal, but you can throw that upper on that lower pretty quick. And again, ARs are designed that way. The lower and the upper comes off, and if you take that lower off, even a 16-inch barrel is not super long. That's something duffel baggable, if we're going to make that a action word. Another real common one. You know I'm a big fan of the shotgun. Well, most pump-action and semi-auto shotguns they almost always, in the designs I'm familiar with, have one big locking nut on the magazine tube with some pretty aggressive threads. You unscrew that with a couple of turns, you pull the barrel off, guess what you have? A much, much shorter gun. So those standard 870s, Mossberg 500s with a regular size mag tube and everything, take that off and you get a short, compact gun with all the flexibility and firepower and awesomeness that goes along with a shotgun. And again, all you got to do is barrel, crank down a nut, and you're ready to rock and roll. Ready to make some music, make some noise. Again, it doesn't take very long. So be creative. Again, those two are really common guns that come apart that a lot of people don't ever even think to disassemble and take apart unless they're cleaning them. One, it's not my thing, but it's a lot of people's things. That's bullpups. I've shopped. You know, bullpups, I like the Tavor. I think it's a good design. The issue is that you listen to my bio. You know, I've been a professional gunfighter most of my adult life, almost exclusively on an AR pattern gun, whether that's an AR or a SCAR. But the manual of arms 
has that nice continuity. I have who knows how many reps with that. I don't have that with a bullpup. I don't have that with a Tavor. When I practice my mag changes, I kind of do it in such a way that there's continuity between my fighting handgun, my carry handgun, and my go-to fighting rifles. I don't get that continuity with a bullpup. So for me, they're not the answer. But for you, if that's what you generally go to anyway, the big advantage of the bullpup is that it's compact. Could you put a Tavor in a duffel bag? Maybe. Again, is it going to look like you're trying to smuggle bricks into your hotel room? I'm not saying it is too big. I'm saying, I don't know, it might be. Those are compact guns, but they're not light. There's a lot of other bullpups out there. And again, I don't really have any problem with the bullpup in concept. It's just that, like I said, with the amount of training that I've had, completely different platform. But those are some good options, I think. If you are checking into that hotel room or or doing a weekend getaway with the family and you're going to Airbnb it or, you know, there's who knows how many other scenarios where a duffel bag gun gives you a big boost in your ability to fight evil. With that, I want to say thanks for listening. You know, I usually plug Patreon and Good Shepherd Training. Today I'm just going to ask you, if you like this episode, if you like Gunfighter Life or Alpha Male Podcast, just consider just scrolling down and hitting some stars and then sharing it with somebody you think would enjoy it. Maybe they're into hunting. Send them an episode we did on hunting. Maybe they're really into handguns or survival. Send them one of those episodes. Maybe you think they'd like this episode. Send it. I mean, All you got to do is scroll down, hit that little box with the arrow, and send it to somebody that you think would enjoy it. And that's really all I'm going to ask you guys to do today if you want to support the podcast. Tactical tip of the day as a thanks for listening to the end of the podcast. Something I like that's a little unorthodox with my fighting carbines, all manner of circumstances. I know the go-to is 30 rounds. I know that's the standard. But for most things, and especially for the application we talked about today, I really like 20-round magazines for two main reasons. If you're putting it in a bag trying to be covert, which again I've done in real life, you can keep it loaded with a 20-round mag. You generally can't do that with a 30-round mag without making your duffel bag look like an anaconda that tried to swallow a deer. You put a 20-round mag in there, though, and it basically sticks down as far as the pistol grip does. It's not some kind of crazy shape. And another reason is when I run them on my war belt, I talked about that continuity. I can grab those and index them just like a pistol mag. They're about the same length, and I can reload them the same way. And doing something I've done thousands of times, that continuity is important to me. More so than the extra 10 rounds that I get of going to a 30-round mag. And I'm not telling you can't have 30-round mags. I have plenty of 30-round mags. But I'm saying for my go-to mags, I like the 20-round mags. Not always better, but for a lot of things, they're better. Being in the gun and not being overly obtrusive. So being on your war belt and not sticking up so far that you can't bend around and bend over and things like that. And again, that speed reload so look into the 20 round mags especially for a mag you're going to have loaded in your gun if you have the time and you want to run a 30 just when you pull the gun out of the bag put a 30 in it but i think it's better to have a 20 rounder loaded in your gun than a 30 round that's somewhere else in the bag because it just doesn't fit well the 20 rounds are about the right size they stick down about as far as the pistol grip don't really get a lot of advantage in my opinion going to like a 10 round mag the pistol grip sticking out that far anyway another tactical tip for today so you're gonna get two 
Rubber gloves. Talking about a gun that's going to be rolling around in a bag. You have it in like a dedicated thing inside a bag. Cutting off the finger or thumb of a rubber glove and throwing it on that flash hider. Or the barrel of that gun just to keep crap out of there. It's a good practice to do. If you do have to shoot the gun in a hurry, it's not going to it's not gonna hurt that gun to have that on there. So, again, two tactical tips for the day. Which is going to bring us to the tactical verse of the day. Being a warrior may manifest itself in the hands, in the body, but it starts in the spirit. Having the spirit of a warrior can give you the mindset of a warrior and the body and physical talents of a warrior. With that, let's go to Deuteronomy 20. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And it continues, and it talks about what the, and it talks about categories of men that should be sent out of the battle who shouldn't fight. And here's the last category it talks about. The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house. Least the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. We talked about having that warrior spirit. Whatever kind of warrior, bravery is a common denominator. Whether it's a spiritual warfare, which we all go through as Christians, whether it's a physical warfare, which many of us, likely many of you listening to this podcast have had to go through, as I have. Bravery. Be strong and courageous. It's a common denominator. I don't care if you were a crusader, a knight in the Middle Ages fighting against Muslim invaders then, or a Navy SEAL fighting against jihadists in the Middle East today. Bravery is a mark of a warrior. Bravery. Courage. With that, men, I want to say thanks for listening, and have a blessed day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.